0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Today in Grief podcast with Care Monique. I, of course, am your host, Care Monique, and I am super excited to have you here today. We are going to jump into today's episode, so go ahead, sit back, relax, and let's get into it. so excited about today's episode because today's episode is actually called Today in Grief. Let's meet an end of life doula and grief slash guidance advocate. Now, y'all are in for a super, super special treat. Um, I wish I had so much time to tell y'all just the whole backstory of how I met her and everything. And maybe we will have time at the end, but I really wanna get this started with letting her share what it is that she is here to do. But I am going to give a little bit of a bio before I bring her on, um, because many of you are probably like, first of all, what is the end of life doula? What is a grief uh, guide or advocate like these are all new terms and, and lots of new language. And that's another reason that I was really excited to start this podcast, as many of you know, because I am now considering myself very new to it. But in a way, I'm an advocate for grief. Like being a griever myself, there's no better way um, to really talk about grief and through experience, in a lot of my opinion. Now, we do need some psychoanalysis and some stuff, too. We need some people that's trained and some stuff as well. Um, but I really, really feel like lived experiences matter. Lived experiences are impactful. And lived exper- experiences are the things that really carry us through day to day. So I wanted to bring folks on who could not only give us some of the lived experiences, but that are certified and... Um, trained in grief and in lots of different areas because you can be trained in grief in more than just therapy or psychology and i really want to bring an awakening to that so let me jump into her bio so karen also known as k ray lynn walton is an end of life doula a grief navigator okay y'all let's just stop right there i love that a grief navigator okay a mental health advocate, a yoga enthusiast, and an intuitive guide. Kay is a graduate of the Going With Grace End of Life Training from March 2022. So y'all, she up on it, okay? This is, her certification is not expired, okay? We talking relevant. (laughs) She currently serves as a group facilitator for BIPOC doulas, both current and alum, and assists as student guide for current trainees. Through various methods of intuitive guidance, practical teaching, and empathetic listening, Kay honors her soul's mission and ancestral calling in supporting individuals on their journey of progression, healing, and spiritual evolution as they navigate end of life and grief experiences. As a death care practitioner, the foundation of Kay's work is ancestral veneration, visual services, grief education, and aftercare support. Kay combines intuitive support, compassion, and empathy to create sacred death and grief experiences for anyone navigating the waves of grief. Kay Ray Lynn is a married mother of three children who enjoys cooking, reading, word puzzles, listening to music, working out, and running. Okay, y'all, she like running. Talent. Okay. (laughs) Okay. running ain't never been fun to me but um anyway what a beautiful bio and I am going to stop talking because I want to allow her the opportunity to jump on here and tell anything I may have missed um from her bio or just kind of open us up because this is her episode y'all so my dear friend Kay Ray Lynn
1: Hello, my love. How are you? I am well. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure and an honor to be here sharing space, talking about grief with you. So again, thank you so much for the invitation. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So I am honored to have you not only because of the work that you do, but really also because of your lived experiences. Um, I don't take it lightly that you were willing to come on and really share what sometimes it's it's hard extremely hard um but then also mm-hmm. sometimes it's part of the joy of life right of the memories the love mm-hmm. all of that so i do feel mm-hmm. honored to share this space and i'm grateful for you and especially trusting me so early um kind of mm-hmm. in this podcast journey as well because y'all know i don't know what i'm doing for real but we're making it work anyway <laughs> we're making it work we're making it work uh so we're actually going to jump into just kind of like a couple of questions and have some conversation so the first thing that i know our listeners are really they really, really want to know, is tell us a bit about who it was or what it was that really started you on your grief journey.
1: I would like to say that I'm lucky and I'm not sure if that's the word I want to use, but I, when I was younger, I really didn't have that many people close to me pass away um, or die. Uh, the first person who passed was my grandmother. She died when I was 12. Um, And she was sick, but you know, she's a grandmother, so grandmas usually eventually die. Um, And from 12, probably until I was in my late 30s, was not until I started to experience death and grief where it hit home, where it was family members, where it was people that I loved. Uh, Prior to starting my certification, we're going with grief. My nephew Nicholas was murdered. afternoon of september the 11th uh, which is also the anniversary of his grandmother's death so my mother-in-law also died on september the 11th uh about 12 years 13 years prior um, and i was hurt and i was lost and i was confused uh, i've never had anyone close to me be murdered um
0: and I wasn't
1: sure what I was expecting. I wasn't sure what that grief would look like. And he was so young. He had so much life ahead of him. And losing him hurt. Seeing my husband grieve hurt even more because that's like, they were like twins. Um, so navigating that and I was like, you know what? I know that there's other people out here that experience these things or have these questions or this confusion or this rage, so much rage and anger and frustration especially in the Black community, where the resources are slim. And when people die a particular way, their lifestyle is judged and looked upon, and that grace and compassion is not given because, they, because of how they died or where they were when they died. And I wanted to be an advocate in the support for grieving mothers and aunties and grandmas who lost their children to the violence, to gun violence um and then as life would have it as i was starting the training my dad got sick and he went into the hospital and i remember telling my husband very clear i said my dad won't come home alive and i knew that so well i knew that that would be the last time my father would be alive would be in the hospital um and during the waiting period for me to start my certification my dad died of covid And I started my training the week after his funeral. Um, And I'm so gracious for the Going With Grace family. Shout out to (laughs) y'all. Alua, Arthur, Tracy Walker, shout out to you two beautiful souls because they allowed me to experience my grief and complete my training at the same time. Um, And they gave me grace and space to, to get that certification done. So those two individuals kind of really got me going into the end of life death care field. And here we are, here we are. Many other deaths after that. Um, my best friend recently passed last year. His anniversary actually is uh, the 4th of July. So I'll be lighting fireworks for a different reason this year. Um, my dad's brother passed a year after him um, similar circumstances. My brother-in-law recently just passed. So even as an end-of-life doula, death still feels and it's different. Mm-hmm. And it's consistent mm-hmm. and you never stop grieving. It gets easier, ebbs and flows, like you said, but it never gets, it's always there. So that's, that's where I am. And that's the work that I honor as a doula not only as I've been where you I've been where you are as a griever, but I also know how to support you on your journey as well. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that.
0: And you said something super pivotal, um, and I call it judgmental grief. Is I don't know if that's even a term, or maybe I should coin it. Um, but when you mentioned uh, people try to determine who should be grieved and who shouldn't. Based on, Mm. because it's true, Mm -hmm. we don't all die equally, right? We don't Mm -hmm. all live Mm -hmm. equally either. Mm -hmm. Um, But people have their opinions about things. And then depending on the way somebody left here, Mm determines sometimes how people feel about, and and I hear this a lot with addictions, people who have overdosed or Mm -hmm. someone who may have gotten murdered and were known to be maybe a part of a gang or something. And it's like, Um, their life still mattered though. Like people are still allowed to grieve. People still Mm -hmm. love them. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's the judgmental grief is, or Mm -hmm. even the same thing. And uh, something else you said just made me think about, so you mentioned how your nephew passed on September 11th. And his Mm -hmm. grandmother passed on, it was his grandmother, correct, you said, passed on September 11th as well. And then it Uh made me think about collective grief as well, because Uh as a nation, we had such a traumatic loss in 2001 on September 11th. So I was just, as you were talking, grief started to hit me again, even in a different Mm -hmm. way. Because I experienced, the first time I experienced collective grief was when I was like 11 years old. I was a child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you just mentioned these dates again, and it came right back. It came Mm -hmm. robbing. I didn't know anybody Mm -hmm. in the Twin Towers or anything like that, but it still hurts, right? To know Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. that date means something to our nation, really means something to you. Even mm-hmm. on a more mm-hmm. personal level, but that those two things really came up for me when you just mentioned that that judgmental grief that we as a society try to determine, mm-hmm. you know, what's okay to grieve and what's not, or we play the the grief Olympics. Well, you know, they were doing this, so it's probably that's not as hard as this, and it's like right, false. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's
1: grief is grief. Um, that's it. Even with the with my dad like my dad was a dad of the year right (laughs) he couldn't get that awarded he know he couldn't while he was here but my dad was a human and he experienced life and how he experienced life was how he loved his children how he loved me how he loved my sibling and that wasn't always the best but man my dad was the coolest dude ever and I miss that I miss the dad that I was hoping he would be before he died and we never got a chance to get that right. Um, <laughs> he was in the hospital. I just remember being in my house, just like fussing and yelling at the air. Like, dang it, why couldn't you just, why didn't you get it together? Or why couldn't you do this? Or why couldn't you do that? Um, Cause I am absolutely a daddy's girl. My dad named me, my dad knew that I would be born on Christmas. He knew when I was coming. Um, but our relationship was was difficult. But I still immensely miss my dad, and I honor him so. And sometimes that's difficult for people to process. Like, how can you miss somebody that did A, B, and C? But that's still my father, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I honor him as such. So the beautiful thing is with him now, and I still consider him as always being present with me and guiding me, that's part of that ancestor veneration, that, that honoring of my father. He still is very much present, guiding me and supporting me along this life uh, journey. Yeah. Um, his nickname was Wu, and we talk about Wu all the time. And he makes sure that his presence is known, even like he did when he was living. So I uh, I give, that's a very, it's a different space of grief navigating because i really didn't know much about him i knew him but i didn't like know him like like some people really deeply know their parents like how you connect and know your mom yeah. my father and i never had that relationship mm-hmm. so now i'm discovering what that is but him just being in a different space and on a different timeline
0: mm-hmm. i'm
1: still able to have that connection and create those memories with him so for that um i'm grateful yeah And that's a beautiful
0: that's a beautiful share, too, though, because there I can imagine there are some listeners and folks out there um, who are feeling like that, like I lost somebody and I love them, but they weren't. They weren't the star of the year in my life, but I still miss mm-hmm. them. Or even some of mm-hmm. us, like my dad, was killed when I was a baby. I wasn't even one years old. Mm-hmm. So I grieved the fact that I didn't get the chance to know him. And I remember, mm-hmm. and I don't know mm-hmm. if I even ever told my brother this, I remember when I came of age, I was a little bit jealous of the fact that my brother, we're 10 years apart. My brother mm-hmm. got 10 years with my dad, and no fault of mm-hmm. his, but mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. got here and he left. It was like, what mm-hmm. do you mean? And so being able to grieve, but I still grieve the dad my my brother talked about, the, da- mm. the dad who has such influence on who my brother is, um, and mm-hmm. just even my family in general, apparently my dad was a, a family man, um, was mm-hmm. really cool, was the guy that hung out with the kids and with, with the mm-hmm. neighbors and... He just had a personality on him, and I'll never know what that was like. So mm, it's mm-hmm. you know it's, it's different. I'm not not in comparison, mm-hmm. but so many of us we grieve those pieces that we either missed or never mm-hmm. got to know as well. So that was such a beautiful
1: share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's 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 funny. My dad, honey, my dad with a pistol. He did, and that's what we put in his obituary. He did what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it, and I and I'm grateful. So. that he lived his life that way because it kind of role model for me like live your life how you want to live it but now i know you got to add a little compassion you got to think about the people that are around <laughs> you and connected to you right because they're affected by the things that you do yeah but he did what he wanted to do Yeah. in his own way um i see him in my children i see him in my 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 son um, my father played football, my son plays football, and every football season, without fail, I always see a Blue Jay at my son's football practice, without fail, every season. This season was no different. I'm sitting on the bleachers and here comes a Blue Jay, flying across, and I'm like, hey dad, you coming to watch your grandson <laughs> practice? So he makes himself known um, every in every opportunity, because he loved his grandchildren. He absolutely loved his grandchildren. My daughter, we have pictures of my dad, uh, Um, on his memorial space and my daughter the first day of school. She's like, I'm showing Bebop my my first day of school outfit. And I said, and I I know he loves it, honey. She said, yeah, I think he does. So we incorporate him into our daily lives. Um, Even my nephew, when he was killed, he was killed at the beginning of my son's basketball season. So every season when he starts basketball slash football, there's a little bit of, a little grief he goes through because he's remembering that day as well. Um, But he'll go out there and he'll he'll win one for Nick. That's what he'll tell me. So um, I'm grateful to have those those moments where my children and my family also honor, even though September is such a a heavy time. My husband's birthday is the second. My sister-in-law, who was Nicholas's mom, died on September the 9th. Nicholas and my mother-in-law both died on September the 11th. And my daughter's birthday is September the 12th. So here we got celebration, grief, 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 celebration. So we are very intentional with how we grieve and how we love and how we show up and how we support one another in that first two weeks of September, because it's heavy. And then right after that is my dad's birthday. So between September and October, it gets a little... Gets a little murky. Yeah, gets a little heavy. Um, but we we make it work.
0: We make it work. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I I actually needed to hear that because for me it's June.
1: Um. Mm-hmm.
0: So my uncle. So one of my uncles passed June fifth of mm-hmm. twenty nineteen, and mm-hmm. then my other uncle passed June fourth, twenty twenty. Yeah, 2020. Then my Mm. mom died June 25th, 2021. So they all, Mm. we lost three siblings. They lost, and really I think about my mom's siblings. They lost three siblings back to back to back each year. But then my birthday is June 7th. My mom's birthday is June 13th. Her death date is Mm. June 25th. My grandma's birthday is June 26th. So my mom died the day Mm. before and my brother got married the day after my mom died. Oh, we goodness. were at his wedding. I mean, because what could we do? Well, let me let me right. correct that. They technically got married that Monday, but we had the wedding and the um, reception the day after she died. So you talk about beauty and pain, and so mm-hmm. the fact that you just mm-hmm. said that about being intentional. Uh, thank you for sharing that because it does remind me. We were we're huge on birthdays in my family and mm-hmm. it made me i just feel good about still celebrating cuz i i felt guilty yeah. a little bit about i was like should i still be celebrating mm-hmm. birthday like this is a this is rough like my birthday literally falls it's deaf yeah. deaf my birthday mom's birthday
1: deaf birthday like it's it's rough mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. and they will want you to they right. will want you to continue to celebrate yeah. they will want you to continue to turn up. My, my nephew um, is a Taurus and my oldest daughter is a Taurus. I call them my bully babies, the bully twins. And she struggles. She's like, you're supposed to be here. It's our birth month. But when I tell you, baby, them kids turn up <laughs> every year. But being, Nick Bean, they turn up for my nephew every year. Every year. It's a celebration. The day he was born and the day that he left. Every year is a celebration. My dad is a huge, was a huge Cowboys fan. So his birthday is in October, right in the middle of football season. So we, and I'm not a Cowboys fan for you listeners. I am not a Cowboys <laughs> fan whatsoever, <laughs> but I will root for them for my dad on certain days. Um, and even my husband is funny cause they will always call and taunt each other back and forth during football season. So even my husband, we might be watching a game. and He might say something slick that my dad would say. We'd laugh about it. But it is, it's, in, it's in, very, very intentional. But you also will have to look at what would your loved ones want you to do? Mm-hmm. And that goes with that making legacy and making memories. That's how we continue to honor our ancestors or honor our deceased loved ones. Yeah. Is continuing to do the things that they would want us to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? For someone listening, if you're grieving and you have that guilt of, I don't want to celebrate my birthday because it's too close to this date. If your loved one was alive, what would they say, especially if they made a big deal about your birthday, if your birthday was a huge to do, how would your loved one feel if you sit in the house moping they would probably try to knock your head between the washer and the wall and tell you to get up and get it together (laughs) so that's how we can honor our ancestors is honoring what they would want honoring who they were honoring the things that they loved yeah yeah i love it
0: yeah yeah well thank you for sharing that so you've told us now that you've told us a bit about kind of started you in this grief journey in some ways and also kind of what it's looked like for you can you share a bit about your work as an end of life doula and then also spe- specifically with your organization uhuru um I'm like i'm sorry say it again i say yes ma'am oh yeah yeah share that with <laughs> us i like I, we got to get this info out there they need to know about the work that you do tell us
1: about that So an end-of-life doula or a death doula, um, there's many names out for them now. Um, It's a person who provides non-medical support, either for a dying person or for a grieving person. Um, An end-of-life doula or death doula can be someone who can help you get your end-of-life planning together, help you get those things and be proactive about your planning, getting your affairs in order, so that when you do die, your loved ones don't have to worry about, well, what do we do or what would mom or dad want us to do everything is already laid out everything is already planned out the only thing that your loved ones need to do is to show up and begin their grief process um end of life doula can also help and this is my my happy space is helping you in your aftercare in that grieving process um i have uh men and women in the doula space that they offer uh, a myriad of different services like coming to help you clean up your parents' home or your loved one's home after they transition, um, bringing you food, helping out with small tasks around the house, or just being a listening ear for someone. So an end of life doula can absolutely help with that. There are different cultural things um and maybe something memorial items maybe a little bit past the funeral uh, that someone may want to have some support and help with and the end of life doula can help with that as well especially if you are a person who was thinking of a home burial or a green burial or having a funeral at home end of life doula can come in and support if that's their niche if that's their their jam they can come in and support you in that so the biggest the Biggest thing in the Black doula is is just the support, just an extension um, of your support team. What's a green
0: burial though? Sorry, you mentioned a green burial, what's that?
1: um, Green burials are like people who want to be planted as a tree pile. Oh, okay, my brother wants that. Okay, my brother wants that. (laughs) Yeah, and it depends on state to state and where you live, but I would love to be buried as a tree and to come back. There are people who, who are buried and not by cremation, but it's, um, I always forget the name of it, but with water instead of being cremated, having that type of burial or having a home burial. Um, There's lots of states that have land and plots that people can buy and they can, you can bury your loved ones without the casket and all of those things. So it's done in a very green and safe space. Um, So yeah, that's what a green burial, some of the methods that can happen and the black doula can absolutely come in and support that. Um, there's doulas that operate in the creative space by offering different creative things to kind of help you process your grief or to honor your loved one, like les- legacy projects and murals and um, creating art and different things like that. Like you see the, the man, he takes cremains and draws pictures with them and you know makes jewelry and different things like that. So you may have doulas that's like, hey, I'm not a paperwork person. I don't want to help you plan things, but I can help you create legacy and create memories. And that's the support. That's that's my, my space. It's a huge spectrum in the life work. Gotcha. Huge spectrum. I'm not the paperwork person. I can, <laughs> but I'm not... And I have doula sisters, like, nope, I don't want to do the bedside, I don't want to do visual, I don't want to do respite, but I can absolutely make sure that all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, Mm -hmm. so that when that time comes, there's no worry, no panic, no, oh my gosh, what do we do? Because nothing's in order. We have everything kind of laid out, so. Gotcha, gotcha. And then tell us about Uhuru. Well, Yuhuru, <laughs> the name Yahuru actually came from my dad. Thanks, dad. Um, when my dad was in college, like a lot of our parents born in the 70s or went to college in the 70s, he was militant. And Yahuru was actually part of his um, Yoruba name that he gave himself. And Yuhuru is Swahili for freedom. And I feel like there's such a freedom that can happen when we really dive into the grief process, when we really honor... Death and dying as a gift, instead of treating it like it's a plague. Um, Cause one thing for sure, nobody is making off of this rock alive. Nobody. We all gonna go a hundred percent <laughs> no, <not>. of us. <laughs> everybody 10 out of 10 but the challenge is we don't know when that's going to happen and we don't know how it's going to happen so it's almost like we don't we won't talk about it because if we talk about it it'll make it come quicker so we're going to keep quiet about it but what it does it just creates like anxiety and space because no one talks about it so nothing is planned ahead nothing is prepared so when it happens it's like what do we do now where do we go next Um, And that takes away from the space that we need to grieve. Um, I remember when my nephew died, we didn't think about grieving. I think we shed our tears that first day and then the next day it was immediately, okay, how are we gonna pay for it? What are we gonna do? How is it gonna happen? What is this gonna look like? What is that gonna look like? And I don't think we really sat and processed like, dang, he's really gone until like maybe a month later. Because we were in such in, let's get things together. We have to plan. We have to get things in order so that we can have this happen. Mm-hmm. And that's precious time that's wasted because that's emotions that we push down and we ignore um, that can in turn affect us physically, like stress and grief. My grief feels heavy sometimes when I don't allow myself space to grieve. You know? I swell up. My bones ache. I'm over 40 to get arthritis, right? And Arthur be coming in and kicking my tail. And I'm like, let me sit down. Oh, I just need to cry. I'm just kind of sad today. Let me sit in this for today so I can keep going. Um, and I think that having that space, that's extremely important just to be able to be aware of what's going on. Not saying that funeral planning doesn't need to happen because it absolutely does. But sometimes that process can be so time-consuming and emotionally consuming, especially if you are an only child. Um, I met someone who had to do a funeral as being an only child and having everyone with the opinions on what needed to be done and what should be done outside of their parents' wishes. So they were confused. Like, I don't know what to do. And that person didn't absolutely have a doula come in and support them. And it's just unfortunate that when people die, it's, it's the selfishness kind of kicks in. Ooh. Ooh, you you just kind of <laughs> you you about to hit some buttons now. <laughs> yeah, the selfishness just kicks in and we make it all about us, us, yeah. us. Like what would your loved one want? And I think having those things planned out ahead of time and making sure your loved ones know, that just saves so much, so much, Mm -hmm. so much (laughs) on the back end. It does, it saves so much. Like I knew where my dad wanted to be buried. Um, I knew uh, where he wanted to be buried. I knew the location he wanted to be buried at. And it just, it it did for the most part, it saved time. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you don't know and you just guessing, and then you yeah. have the, well, I'm the oldest, so I should make the choice, or I'm the this, so I should, I mean, it just creates so much conflict, yeah. so much conflict. Yeah. So to everybody listening, and if you haven't already, start start thinking about what you want done, right? Mm-hmm. You may not be ready to do that wheel or to do that advanced direction, but at least write it down mm-hmm. so you'll know, so your loved ones know, yeah. like, hey, if anything happens to me tomorrow, this is what I want to have happen. Here's my life insurance information. It doesn't mean you're going to punch your own ticket and be like, okay, that means I'm going to die tomorrow. But it's just, Alua said this one time, that the things that you may not feel important, and I'm paraphrasing, or that you may not care about right now, someone will have to care about when you're gone. So why leave that stress on them unnecessarily? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. That's... Let's do our advanced directives, people. Let's let's be proactive about yeah. our life. Yeah. Right? So yeah. when the time comes, people can celebrate you. Because I don't want nobody coming, coming and crying at my funeral. Don't come and cry for me. I have mm-hmm. a playlist, honey. We are going to turn up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my time to go because i don't want to be remembered i don't want my death to be sad of course you will be sad of course there will be grief um but i don't want my loved ones to have that pain and and anxiety about what to do right and even as a doula i've done my planning bit by bit piece by piece because this is what i do this is my life's work but it's still that Ooh, i'm really prepared for when i leave that's just natural human reaction to that. Mm-hmm. So yes, let's get our planning done. People. Yeah. Let's get it done. And
0: that and that's so important. You like that, that you say that. And so it was me and my brother when my mom passed. And luckily we have a beautiful relationship. Me and my brother, we didn't have mm-hmm. any tips or anything. Um, but also mm-hmm. my brother's all I I am always the decision maker. Like we talk about things. Okay if that makes sense. But then I am the vocalist in our family. Like that's just Mm -hmm. how we operate. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. me, so me and my brother Mm -hmm. would have our conversations in private, even when taking my mom off life support. So like you said, even like end of life stuff, like I remember telling my brother, I said, I'ma just tell you straight up. I said, I pulled the cover off of mama. I looked at her body.
1: Mm.
0: I Mm. saw she was a completely different color on the bottom there was absolutely no blood Mm -hmm. flow. I talked to him about her quality of life, right? So we had an actual conversation and me and my brother, our personalities are different. We we work very well like in talking to each other, communication and all of that, but he's not very hands-on. I'm super hands-on. So my brother's Mm -hmm. request for me was fill me in, but can you can you tell? Like can you talk to the doctors? Can you tell Mm -hmm. the family? Can you and and I could Mm -hmm. handle that. My brother literally could not.
1: And Mm, so, mm -hmm. you know,
0: so like you said, it's it's some of that, like my mom didn't leave any kind of planning. The only thing I knew, I knew she wanted to go to Andrew's funeral home because that's our family's funeral home. That's the one everybody goes to. And I knew for Mm. a fact she did not want to be cremated.
1: Yeah,
0: I didn't know really anything. Oh, and I knew that she wanted to be celebrated. Like my mom was Mm. a creative person, like projects were her thing. She was a teacher, all of that. So I I I tried my hardest not to make it about me and my brother but I was mm-hmm. like when I had to when we started planning and I was talking to my brother about it I said yo we got to have balloons not flowers and he Ooh. was like yep he was like mama would want balloons not flowers now she still ended up my mm. mama still ended up having 40 things of flowers which that just showed how much she was loved people were sending flowers mm. we had Ooh, we had plants and flowers everywhere. And I was so mm-hmm. grateful. I said, oh my God, mm-hmm. people love mom. But mm-hmm. we requested balloons, like all of the family, cousins and everybody. We said, send balloons don't send flowers because one, you know, that's something we can let go. Also, it, it was beautiful because we, we did it like a classroom. We didn't even call my mom's end of life celebration a funeral. It was called her final class session because my mom lived her entire life. She was a teacher for 38 years. She taught mm, up mm-hmm. until the day she fell. She fell on a Saturday. That Friday, she was teaching her class. And mm. so she lived her, her life's purpose was teaching children. Her life's purpose was creativity, all of that. We did her mm-hmm. li- end of life celebration th- that exact way. We put her in her favorite mm-hmm. color, green. So we had to make a lot of assumptions, right? Because my mom didn't mm-hmm. leave things. But I said, you know what? Mom's favorite color was green. And I remember when we were doing her birthday, her 60th birthday party, she wanted to wear a green dress, but my mom was a little um, heavyset and the green dress she wanted, she didn't like how it looked. So we did a different dress in gold and she told me to wear green. So I said, well, now I'm gonna put her in green. I'm gonna put that Ooh. back on because she wanted that for her 60th. So I had to mm-hmm. make a lot of assumptions, but I did it with my mom in mind. So you brought mm-hmm. up some mm-hmm. great stuff. Um, like even her, even down to her casket, I had never even thought about that. They were like, well, what kind of hardware do you want? And I was like, what you mean? I was like, it ain't the same. And they were like, well, <laughs> You can get gold, you can get brass, you can get silver, this, that, and third. I said, well, my mom only wore gold jewelry. So I said, mm. make it gold. Because mm-hmm, that was her mm-hmm. last outfit in my mind. I was like, she did wear silver jewelry. Put, the-. I said, make her handles gold. Mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So for those that are listening, please put as much yes. in place as you can. And those who can't or just haven't, if you have to plan something, I'm not saying I did it the right way, but think about I literally thought about how my mom lived, even down to I was like, she wears gold jewelry, do the gold handles because in my mind that she would have liked that. Mm-hmm. She might not have, mm-hmm. but you know, we, we ended up you end up doing the best you can for folks, and um, I do think it ended up being absolutely um, beautiful. But mm-hmm. yes, if you can get those affairs in order, please mm-hmm. do. And then last mm-hmm. piece I want to share too, you had hit on, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the grieving process. We go from somebody transitioning almost immediately to funeral planning. Yes. And like, yes. oh my God, like that shocked me. And I think one of the things for me, because I'm so business oriented, that is my nature. And because my brother literally offered me the space, because I'm the baby, I'm the youngest. My brother literally said mm-hmm. to me, like, you can be the voice, like, we'll talk behind the scenes. He said, "But the voice is you. And because he gave Mm. me that space, first of all, I respected my brother a ton for that because he knew his limits.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. also
0: he respected not only is grief, like I'm grieving as well, but allow me to also work in a strength while grieving because sitting still was not going to do well. I probably would have been cussing everybody out (laughs) and my brother was like nah this is your opportunity to talk you tell people exactly what to do like my brother was Mm -hmm. like whatever you say we going with that and I mean we would have conversations but Mm -hmm. he was like when you sign on the line that's it nobody got nothing else to say and Mm -hmm. my brother is 10 years older Mm -hmm. than me and he gave me that kind of grace because not only is that my one of my gifts is being assertive and and being a doer um, but Stuff had to get done, and my mom died right before the 4th of July. So we couldn't even mm-hmm. bury her that same weekend because that was it's just I didn't even know that's another thing when people die around the holidays, how hard it is to work with cemeteries and funeral homes because yeah. they close yeah. too. I was like, people die every day, y'all close, like, but yeah. they do. Yeah.
1: So or it cost more, or it cost. So that, was the, adding, that was the that was the big thing. So it you're was you're adding extra, you yep. know, extra things. Yep. So um, we waited like two weeks out of town. Yep. So if you had family that were here and needed to travel, yep. Hey, I got to get the time off. No, I can't go. Yep. I remember when my sister in law died, and this is one thing that I'm super passionate about: the laws that we have federally around bereavement absolutely need to change. I remember when my sister in law passed away. Who was Nicholas's mother? was my husband's older sister I never met my mother-in-law she died before I met her so she was like my mother-in-law by proxy and I remember when we were planning her funeral when to have it it had to go by when I could get off of work so we couldn't have it as soon as we wanted it to because I couldn't get the time off of work so we literally had to stretch things out so my bereavement time would match a certain time and yep. certain schedule, and that was I felt so bad about that. Mm-hmm. Like, man, we probably could have this sooner if we would do it this way, yep. but because of my work schedule, we can't, um, and because I only get a certain amount of time off, we have to get this done. Or if we are, you know, traveling from out of town, you know. You can't give people two week notice. Hey, such and such a funeral is gonna be in two weeks. We probably plan on them dying. So you don't know. You don't know. So if people wanna come from out of town and maybe that was your mom was their favorite auntie or their favorite cousin Mm -hmm. or their best friend, they couldn't get the time off to come to a funeral because it wasn't a because of the relationship hierarchy oh that's not your blood person so no we can't honor that time walk. and that's so trash it is it's so, it's trash, so trash that it's people so trash. can't honor who they want <laughs> that people can't honor who they want to because of rules that can be flexible or it can be a lot more giving yep or forgiving or a lot more compassionate, if you will. Ooh, and that, that could be
0: a whole podcast yeah. by itself. We could talk. Cause, it geez, can. My, my mama's <laughs> brothers live in California. And that, luckily, they, oh, you know, but they got here. Oh, they, they were here. Okay. Um, but okay. that's crazy, okay. right? And you just brought up, that brought up a little emotion. Because I don't get to see my uncle a lot in general. And then... Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen him since before COVID, and then the next time I saw him was my mom. So even those emotions, right? When people travel in, the emotion around why they're here, that was a whole... I'm trying to catch up with my uncle, who I love dearly, but I haven't seen in Mm -hmm. seven years. And now he's here, and it's because his sister is gone. And he don't want to be here for that, but he... you know, So it just... But all of that, like... We could do a whole Mm -hmm. podcast just on bereavement (laughs) time, travel, and also what that looks like, arrangements, the discomfort around calling somebody out of town. There was a whole, I'm not going to get into it, but there was a whole different set of emotions when I had to call out of town family than people who were here. Because people who were here could come, we knew we were taking her off. It was like, hey, you know, you got till six o'clock tomorrow to go visit mom. Right. Before we take her off, right. but then calling, you know, I, calling her niece who was in Vegas, who was like, "I'm gonna get on a mm. red eye and made it literally an hour before we took my mama." How risky, oh, like goodness. scary, all just wow. all those things. But we'll save that for mm-hmm. another episode. But that you just made me. I'm gonna make we'll a note. We're gonna make a note about <laughs> we'll for for um, travel and all yeah. that too.
1: But anyway, okay. And that's a oh, go that's ahead. I'm sorry. Another thing, doula can also help with with being that voice and i want to celebrate your brother for being able to say like hey we are both making the decisions but what you say goes think about those individuals who don't have that supportive person Mm -hmm. adula can absolutely step in and be that voice i don't have the capacity to call people i'm going to can you please make these phone calls for, for for me i don't have the capacity to go and look at flowers Would you mind going, these are the colors that my loved one like, or these are the flowers that my loved one like. I trust your judgment to do those things for you. Um, And even as a griever, knowing what you need or being able to tell people what you need is important. Um, If you've ever done the five love languages, if you know your love language, share with people what your love language is because that's how they can support you in grief. If I'm a words of affirmation person. When my dad died, just the text messages and the phone calls and the cards meant so much to me. Um, I tell the story when my dad died, he loved music and his room was just so eerily quiet. I was like, let me turn some music on. Like I know he's dying, but he would want some music playing. And I heard very clear in my head, play Zoom by the Commodores. And I played, if you've ever heard Zoom by the Commodores, mm-hmm. you know that little part where the music kind of breaks and it's, a, it's, oh, I get goosebumps. The music is a little breaking. There's nobody singing, nobody humming. My dad, my dad died right at that moment. Like, you could not hear anyone breathing in his room. Mm-hmm. His room got that quiet. And my husband looked up because I was holding his hand and I wasn't looking at his face. And my husband said, dad's gone. And I looked up and I could tell he had left. I had to tell that he died in that moment. And I called his sister, I called my auntie, and I told her, she just started bawling. I said, what's wrong? She was like, your dad loves Zoom by the Commodores. That was like his favorite song. And I called my mom, she said, great, he used to get on my nerves singing that song. He'd come in the house after partying and turn that on and just get to singing it at the top of his lungs. <laughs> and I didn't know that, but that's the song that he wanted to, to leave to. And the days after I listened to the lyrics of the of that song and I said, Okay, dad, I understand why you liked it now. Um so people, you know, sending me like, hey, I heard Zoom by the Commodores and I thought of Unc or I thought of your dad and I'm, I'm listening to this song today and I'm thinking for you and I'm praying for you. Like that did a lot for me as I was grieving and going through um dealing with my dad passing. Um So having those things, being able to say what you need or telling people how they can support you is huge. Um, And even if you can, for the people who are listening, who are maybe you're supporting someone who's grieving, making sure that the person's like everyday needs are met. Have you eaten? Do your kids have practices you need to get them to and from? Have you grocery shopped? Did you, are the dishes washed? Can i come and vacuum can i come and do laundry like those small gestures yeah they mean so much because that's telling somebody i love you enough and i'm supporting you and i'm holding space for you enough to make sure that you don't have to worry about your everyday things yeah if you have the financial capacity pay a cell phone bill put something on a light bill because i don't want you to worry about finances while you're trying to process you losing someone who was immensely important to you yep. that's how we can support that's how we all can be in the life doers just yeah. supporting one another and just being just being good humans yeah so shout out to so shout out to everybody who supported me when my dad died when yeah. my nephew died like all the words and all the love all of those things and that's what my love language is and i people knew that nice. acts of service you know uh, what i'm saying that's that bringing things you know yeah. um uh quality time stopping by spending time with them whether talking or whether in silence mm-hmm. so that's one thing i can i can tell for people who may not know how to express cuz if you ask somebody when you know is there anything i can do for you the automatic response is no i'm mm-hmm. fine yeah no i don't or i don't know what i need Tap into those everyday physical things. And then as you do that, they might start to feel a little space to breathe. And okay, now I don't have to worry about dinner for the next two or three days. Now I can maybe share what it is that I actually need. Yep. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. No, I was just about to say, don't you
0: dare be sorry in a space, (laughs) in a space for grief. Don't you dare. (laughs) This is, this space was created for that very, and this Uh. is why, this is why this podcast exists. Because even in you doing this work, I think Mm. you're showing just the realness of this is your life's work. You're sitting Mm -hmm. here talking about it and you're tearing up right now. That's why Mm -hmm. I created this space because it's, be who you are in grief, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. it. And you, yeah. the end-of-life doula piece, like, I didn't even, when my mom died, I met you after, so I had no yes. idea what an end-of-life doula uh, was, and maybe that could have been a benefit to me, but one of the things that I just dis- I distinctly remember, so I had, I know, I am, I'm thankful to God all the time, I am deeply loved, and I don't think it's a secret, like, people show me love out loud, um, I, I'm grateful for it out loud, and that did not change for me when my mom died those same Mm. folks i i'm so i feel so blessed because i know that's not everybody's story people didn't disappear on me people showed Mm. up Mm -hmm. when life got real hard and one of the Mm -hmm. things i distinctly remember so shout out to d brown uh if you don't know d you need to go follow her she's actually a comedian she's from detroit but she lives in la now i went to college with d and i was on twitter one day i'll never forget this this was about eight months after my mom had passed and i was just mm. tweeting just i was just in my feelings and i made a joke or what i thought was a joke but in my grief it was real and I said, I sure do wish all that food people was giving me when my mama first died was here now, cause I'm hungry and can't. Hungry, talks. hungry. Okay, I was like, cause I'm hungry, and every time I go in the kitchen, I cry. I don't know why. I could every time I would walk mm. in the kitchen, and I wasn't even at my mom's house. I was at my own house. I would walk in the kitchen. I would get ready to open the fridge, and I would burst into tears, and I would just walk back out the kitchen. And that had happened mm. for two days. And I said, I'm hungry. D-Lo. Shout out to D-Lo. Now, me and d cool, right? Not super close, but we are cool. Went to school together. I support her as a comedian. She's hilarious. D-Lo tweeted me, and she said, what's your cash app? No, she didn't ask questions or anything other than mm. that She said, what's your cash app? And I said, so I replied, and I said, what you talking about? And she said, I asked you, what's your cash app? You said you hungry. And D-Lo mm. sent me money just, just to mm. get something to eat. And it was... Like that, and it was not to say that that was greater than all those people who were sending food when my mom first died. But when my mom first died, I wasn't hungry. Like I was, that was the, that was when, you know, people do what they know to do. They, And that's another thing mm-hmm. in grief. Like we, when people eat, we feel like people are well. And when someone first Mm -hmm. dies, like, everybody's instinct isn't to eat. So, like, people were sending all Mm -hmm. this food to the house. And I was like, y'all, I'm not going to eat. Like, I don't want to eat right now. I want to think about my Mm -hmm. mom. Mm -hmm. But then here I am eight months later and can't even open my refrigerator without bursting into tears. Mm -hmm. And that small Mm -hmm. act of kindness from her, who lives all the way in L.A., who simply saw my tweet. We weren't, we hadn't been talking or anything. She simply saw Mm -hmm. my tweet that said, I'm struggling today. I I, mm-hmm. I need to eat, and she sent me mm-hmm. money to mm-hmm. take that mm-hmm. burden off of me. And I still think about that sometimes. About those little pieces of sure. the grief
1: journey are the ebb and flow. They're forever. Mhm, mhm, mhm. They're mm-hmm. forever. My nephew, he got killed right across the street from my favorite Mexican restaurant. I remember you telling me that. Mm-hmm. Yo. The my favorite, like I I don't care where I live in this city, I will go there to get me some shrimp tacos. Okay. <laughs> And I had the hardest time going to get food. Mm-hmm. Cause literally my nephew's life was taken at that space. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day that I went in and the ladies at the restaurant was like, oh my mommy, she was like, oh, we haven't seen you in a while. And when I explained to them what happened and they just, one of them teared up a little bit and they said, he was so sweet. And they remember what his favorite order was. So that day when I went, they sent me with an order of his favorite food, just as a gesture. You know, the kindness. beef, tostadas, no tomatoes, Tostados, no tomatoes. That's what, that was his thing. And I asked my daughter, I said, Brooklyn, what it, what it mean like from, what you call it? And she told me, and she was like, yeah, that's his favorite. And he got that every time we went there. It was right across the street. And it took so long for me to go there, just because it was a painful reminder of, this is where his life was taken. You know? And my dad was Chinese food. My dad loved beef and broccoli. I love Chinese food. I love to eat. For a while I didn't eat Chinese food. Because the last time my dad was here and he stayed with me before he moved back up here permanently, he we ordered Chinese takeout. I cooked for him a couple days and we ordered Chinese takeout. And it's funny you said the kitchen, the kitchen is where all the memories in life and our families happen. Yep. And my dad was a chef by trade. I didn't cook for a little bit because I didn't want to cut. Uh, anything I cooked, it had to be something I didn't have to chop up vegetables because he was a stickler about my knife skills. Put your nose up the knife on the board. It doesn't need to lift. Like he would just be, I'm like, dude, let me cut my onion and get, and get this dinner done. Period. So I didn't do it because I can hear him kind of like fussing in my ear. So it is those everyday random occurrences like this really happened. My husband had that with his mom. He went to call his mother one Christmas morning.
0: Mm-hmm. He had to
1: sit down and he was like, "Dude, your mama dead. Mm-hmm. You can't call her." And she had been dead for three years. And he just was. It was he just wanted to call. Like when I got pregnant, he wanted to tell his mom, "Mom, I'm gonna have a baby." He she died before he had any kids. And he's like, I couldn't, I couldn't call her because she was gone. So it is those everyday things, random things. And if it hits you and if you deal with that, it's okay. Be aware of what that is. And give yourself a minute just to sit and just honor that. I can't leave the guest with anything. Honor your grief in whatever it needs to look and feel like even if for that moment and if it gets too heavy and if it becomes too much and it starts to affect you in other ways it's okay to seek help seek a therapist seek seek out um someone who is knowledgeable about grief that can support you in that you don't have to you do not have to walk this grief journey alone we grieve people, we grieve things, we grieve life experiences. To mm. so my mothers, grieving their children, no matter what stage or phase you lost your children at, it's okay to grieve your babies. And it's okay to miss your babies. And it's okay to ask for help and to ask for support. Like, I'm, I'm really grateful that you started this podcast. Because people need to know that they do not, absolutely do not have to grieve by themselves or in any type of pain or heaviness. They don't have to. Do not, do not, do not. Even if it's for today. Yeah. Even if it's for today. I
0: said I want not gonna cry here, and I and, and I lie. told you you
1: you are welcome too.
0: You are welcome. We I gotta start. Maybe I'm gonna make a series called the Tissue Series or something. So because yeah, everybody who come it. on here cry, and I'm like, we're going into the Tissue Series, and we're gonna let that be okay. So there are gonna yeah. be moments on this podcast, y'all, where and you'll see these. There's several episodes already where there's silence, and I let mm. that silence live. Because my guests come on here or I'll be talking to at times and it, I need a moment and I don't yeah. delete those moments because that is grief. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. grief is a lot of things, but one thing it is, mm-hmm. is real for sure it can be a Mm -hmm. lot of things but real Mm -hmm. is what it is so i know we are coming up Mm -hmm. on the end of the hour so you have dropped some gems some gems some gems on us um is there anything else you want to share and
1: then also please tell the people how they can connect with you okay um i think my last share was everything that i needed to share um I do want to give thanks and honor and grace to the people that we both love, care, that have brought us to this space. (sighs) So honoring Miss Brenda and her life and her love, her immense amounts of love that she poured so much into you that you that you created a space that you're like I really miss my mom and I wish I missed the who she was and who she was to me and so many people. And I just wanna thank her for gifting you with that love so that you can in turn come and gift that to other people who are great. I wanna thank my dad and my nephew and my uncles and my brother in law and my best friend. I wanna thank them for and they're all masculine energies, right? Thank them for protecting and loving me so much that I miss them miss them so immensely, but also creating space for me to grow and evolve and learn as a person what it's like navigating the world from different perspectives, navigating different challenges and different journeys. So I just wanna honor and thank those people. Um, to the people who are listening, thank you for listening. And we honor and send love to your loved ones who created that space for you to experience grief. Um, How you can find me. Um, I mainly live on Instagram uh, and it is yourhuru end of life care and yourhuru is spelled U-H-U-R-U end of life care. Um, My email is yourhuru and A-N-D woo W-O-O at gmail.com So if Having the support of an end-of-life doula may be something that could be helpful to you. Um, let's connect. Let's chat. Um, let's see how I, I, I can support and can help you um, on your journey of grief today and tomorrow, next day and the next day.
0: Awesome, awesome. And I will be sure to put all of her information in the show notes as well. So you all will be able to click links and go directly to her pages. And of course, you know how to find me um Twitter though, Today in Grief Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, Today in Grief Podcast. And then, of course, if you have a review, a good review, please leave that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you have a review that is not so kind please feel free to email that to today and at gmail.com i promise you i promise you i can take it but put the bad ones in the email um and i simply i honestly i respect all opinions but for those who really need this podcast those who really enjoy this podcast um the bad reviews can be really detrimental to them getting access to it so that's just me and my transparency around especially if it's something if you got some advice or you know i know sometimes we get mad about something like the audio or one thing someone said and we i never want to harm this is my personal thing i choose to never harm someone's entire platform Um, If there is this minor piece Mm -hmm. that can be adjusted, talked about, or maybe Maybe. they just didn't know. So um, I truly, I promise to respond to any folks who send anything in my email. Also, I am super open to suggestions because y'all know I am self-producing this, but not for long because God is going to send the people <laughs> to, to do it, to do it, to do it. Um, couple of shout outs. One of them going to Be Co-Productions. Thank you so much for our intro and our outro music. Our theme song was created by Brendan Co-Productions. Any of the photography that you see around the podcast, shout out to Kawan Monique Photography. You can find both of them. On Instagram and Facebook, um, they have really been instrumental in me making this look as professional as I can. And I want to tell you personally, Kay, thank you so much for your time today. I want to honor the space you allowed us to share and how you opened up to the community of grievers that are here on the Today in Grief podcast. I am grateful to you. And then, of course, I never ever leave you all without resources or a saying and the quote for today is how lucky i am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard and that was by winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. and if you are struggling with grief if you are navigating grief and it just feels heavy Please don't hesitate to check out the show notes in which I have a link for resources for grief. And then in particular, those of you who may be having any kind of suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts in relationship to your grief or anything that you are going to, going through, please, please, please call any of the suicide hotlines. I'm I'm not... It don't matter which one, any of them. There are a couple linked on the resource mm-hmm. page. You can also Google it. You can call the 411 number on your phone. You can call 911. You can go to your local fire station or your local police station and just let someone know. I don't feel safe around myself. Whatever that looks like. You are not alone in this and you are not being judged. Um, let Worst case scenario, go knock on your neighbor's door. And say, can you sit on the porch with me? Whatever you need to do, please know that your life matters. We want you here. We love you. And we as grievers are doing this together, even though our journeys may look different. Go in peace and love. And thank you so much for joining me on the Today in Grief podcast.